The Accounting Influencers Podcast. Cutting through the crap to bring you the very best interviews, insights and wisdom. From the planet's most influential people in the accounting and fintech world. The Accounting Influencers Podcast. And a big shout out to one of our special podcast partners, Dex.com. They wear receipt bank. They've been through a great rebound. There's a lot of great stuff going on there, Martin, isn't there, at Dex? You know what, Rob? I always speak to accounting firms about having a strong, uh, clearly articulated value proposition really early on in their messaging. You know, as soon as you see that firm, it tells you something. When I go to Dex.com, that's D-E-X-T.com, it says right in front of me, we make accountants and bookkeepers and the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Those three alliterative P's there, productive, profitable, and powerful. What a great, clear value proposition. So, as accounting practitioners listening to this, if you're looking to make your firm more productive, profitable, and powerful, not just for you, but for the businesses you advise, go to dext.com, that's D-E-X-T.com, and start a free trial or book a demo. Love that. Dex gives you more time and better data to advise on your clients' businesses. So your accountants get over to Dex.com. Thank you. We've been talking about employer branding for accounting firms over the last few weeks, and it's really hitting home in the talent crisis. Can we call it a crisis? There's definitely a labor shortage. There's a drifting out of accountants going into industry, going into fintech. Accountants not even coming into the profession at all. We've heard of the great resignation. People that have been in accounting for some time recalibrating their lives, looking at what's important. So if you are going to both attract and retain the talent that you need to grow your accounting firm, then your employer brand is important. Your employer brand is basically the promise you make to your current and potential hires to say, this is what it's like working here. This is what you get. Here's the psychological as well as the legal contract. And there are various aspects of employer brand. And where it comes out is your website, uh, your vacancies, what goes out there in the public domain, your social media presence, and the conversations that your employers are having with their networks. And one of the key aspects of employer brand is what we're focusing on today, which is prioritizing employee well-being. This conversation wasn't fashionable a few years ago, but after COVID, social isolation, the pandemic, virtual working, hybrid working, working from home, all of this stuff, trying to drive culture from distance is difficult. Trying to sell at distance is difficult. Trying to persuade, influence, communicate at distance is creating all kinds of problems, not just for the staff that you've got, but for their families, their loved ones, their children, the people around them. So prioritizing physical and mental health is a major and increasingly prominent aspect of employee workplace well-being. Uh, I saw a survey by the ICAW, the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales. 34% of their members said that workplace well-being is something the industry or the accounting profession they should be saying is failing on. And they add that 31% of their members say that they have experienced mental health issues due to work pressures. Now, we could go on at length about what those work pressures are. We hear from many accounting practitioners and the ecosystem that surrounds them about increasing workloads. Supposedly, technology should bring in automation and make things easier, but in many ways it isn't. Client expectations have gone up, workload has gone up, working hours have gone up. People report that working from home means they're actually working longer hours and doing more than they otherwise would do. So 
Where does this bring us? If you want to attract the best talent in today's market, you've got to ensure that you're promoting an effective and, and considered work-life balance for your employees. And obviously, there's times when your people have to just put the hours in, get the job done. But on the whole, your policies that you've got in place should protect wellness of your workforce. I'm reading a bit in the sports domain at the moment about welfare of athletes. There's been a lot of press in the UK about the sport of cricket, the sport of gymnastics. There's been major lawsuits in the US about gymnastics and the duty of care that coaches, mentors, trainers have over their athletes. And it's prevalent in many industries and sectors looking after your workforce. So obviously it doesn't mean that using technology is off the table. You've, you've got to use technology to enable flexible working so your employees can work from home whenever they need to. Uh, your attitude to your processes and procedures should suit your workforce because this plays into their employee mental well-being. So you've got to look after them, not just giving them a pay packet and a salary every month and making sure they've got a few benefits, but employees more and more expect their well-being to be at the heart of your employee proposition. So with people coming back into the workforce, you've got to promote employee well-being, not just make the promises but deliver these promises. So I'm going to give you some practical steps to promote well-being at work. And let's kick off this practical bit by alluding to a study by Mind.org. It said 60% of workers report feeling more motivated and more likely to recommend their organization if their employer supports their mental well-being. And other studies verify this. Uh, it promotes employee engagement, organizational performance, so wellness initiatives that reduce stress, reduce pressure, it's great from HR best practice perspective. So what are you doing to raise the bar for health and well-being at work? Well, first thing you've got to say is it comes down to more than just initiatives. You can put in all kinds of campaigns, initiatives, you can put it in your values, you can radiate it all over your website. But how does that play out in the day-to-day -day workplace and the culture of your firm. You've got to make sure you walk the walk as well as talk the talk. And firms that invest in employer well-being, mental health, we know that they've got better productivity. We know that they've got a better retention of staff. We know that job satisfaction is higher. So you've got to put policies in place whereby you make it front and center and you follow through on your promises. So very quickly, improve staff retention. You've got to be able to keep your people. Otherwise, it's harder to attract people. So how do we increase staff retention? Well, you've got to make sure your employees are heard, cared for. They've got a voice. They've got some influence. They've got choice. They've got some autonomy, some flexibility in their role. They would even forego some salary, as long as it's competitive, for other benefits. And we've talked about employer benefits in previous episodes. Employee well-being is not just a, a buzzword and a tick box so improving staff retention means dialogue with your staff to say what it is they're looking for, how you can support them, different staff. Different people need different arms around them, different approaches. Some need to kick up the backside and some accountability. Some need a shoulder to cry on and an outlet, almost like psychotherapy, psychiatric. Not so much counseling. You're not equipped to deal with that, but we now hear of mental health first aiders. This depression, this breakdown, this overload, people snap, people can't cope, people need an outlet. And, and people to talk to. So improving staff retention by giving them an ear and a voice and a platform and an outlet and just listening, rewarding them in the ways that they need to be rewarded and nurturing them in those ways. That's really important. Next thing you've got to do in employer wellbeing is to maximize your candidate selection and your talent pool by showing that you go the extra mile for your people. And this speaks to your culture 
And when people are looking for jobs, they look to your culture now. They don't just look at your website and see your values and your, your employee value proposition, but they want examples of how that's played out. So they want to talk to your existing talent, find out how they've been looked after and what going the extra mile looks like for your staff so that they know when they get there, they're going to plug into that culture that really walks the walk. So that increases your candidate selection. It makes you more attractive as a value proposition. Specifically on increasing physical well-being and health, there are various wellness strategies that you can tap into. If you Google wellness strategies at work, both physically and mentally, to keep your staff tuned in, engaged, working to the best of their abilities without the drawbacks, getting them involved in social and personal activities in work time, just helps recharge the batteries, look at impairments to the work, what stops them being productive, what the roadblocks are for them, what the sticking points are. Yes, like I said, they've got to concentrate on the task they've been assigned to. They've got to get the job done, but productivity will suffer if there are factors that are stopping them from getting the job done to the best of their ability. Good health means good resilience, less sick days, uh, less illness, less time off, and even if your employees took a couple of less sick days a year across hundreds of thousands of employees, we know this really adds up. So being preemptive, being preventative with your approach, getting to problems more quickly, that is a proactive approach to managing physical well-being and health. Hey, listen, everyone's contending with something. Nobody's got it all sorted. Everyone has struggles. Everyone has tragedy, loss, illness, uh, disaster. Not happening so much to them. It could be the people around them, but it affects them. We're all dealing with something. Nobody's got it all sorted. Nobody has everything in hand. And at the end of the day, your firm's made up of its people. So it's in your business interest to make business personal and look after your employees. Maximizing employee engagement. If they feel that they have influence in their working life and they have a voice in workplace wellness matters, if they feel they can make suggestions without being seen as weak, they're more likely to feel engaged, aren't they? So what forums are there? What mentoring what coaching is that what do you do and you want to want and your employee review procedures increased engagement is a cycle the more engaged they feel the more influence they'll have the more they'll affect the culture of the firm the more they talk about why it's a great place to work at your firm it seeps into everything they do and it attracts more and more of the right talent and it keeps more and more people there so this ultimately feeds into your training your development your initiatives your policies your procedures how you're nurturing staff how you're giving them a voice how you're hearing them out and showing that from top down vulnerability admitting that you're struggling uh, not having to be seen as strong all the time nobody's coping well and if they are it's just for a short season burnout overload, overwhelmed. You've got to give them opportunities to develop, grow, learn new skills, uh, communicate better their needs, their wants, what it is they're looking for to stay, what tech, what policies they need to help them do the job better, what workplace, remote working initiatives you can put in place. And finally, getting the right metrics to measure the impact of your wellness strategies. Because wellness, well-being, mental health, it's so intangible, isn't it? It's difficult to measure. To what degree is somebody mentally strong, mentally resilient? To what degree is, is mental health measured in work? It, it's at one day down the next. It's different for different people. Some people cope better than others with different things. So pay attention to your workplaces, your physical environments, your aesthetics, if you like. It's silly things, natural lighting, good color schemes, boosting mood, reducing fatigue, focusing the mind, music at work, music not at work, uh, greenery, natural environments, Exercise, fitness, well-being, walk, cycle rack, showers, changing rooms, uh, 
walk to work, walk in meetings, healthy diets, healthy food, lifestyles, company-wide initiatives, all of these organized hikes, bikes, yearly events, social events, charity challenges. There's so many examples out there, snacks, fruits, nuts. <laughs> it sounds crazy, smoothies, massages, so many things. Look at the learning, the, on, the job training, the environment, the skills you're giving them, the psychometric profiling, the e-learning, the support, support, the counseling, the therapist. It, it sounds crazy that you have to think of all of these things, but this is where L&D, HR, good leadership, good management, good bosses, it all comes into the mix. Constant evaluating, reviewing of where people are at. People don't leave a bad firm, they leave a bad manager. So get your management and your reporting right. Managers aren't intentionally bad, but they need guide and support development on how they can manage their people on their mental resilience, mental well-being. What are the signs of stress? What are the signs of overload? What are the signs that people are not coping? Your managers, bosses, leaders, they need to be supported in the same way because they might be okay in themselves, but they've got to be the coaches, consultants, therapists, trainers to their people. And in your succession plan, managing who's coming through, you've got to teach these management and training and mentoring skills of your people. Look, it's a minefield, I know, but you've got a duty of care. You leaders, you people managing succession, managing the future of the firm, you've got to look after yourself and you've got to look after other people as well. A lot of this flies under the radars. It's implicit in the culture, but a lot of it's explicit as well. It's in your policies proceedings. So I'm just throwing a lot of things at you here, and I'm sure you're ticking a lot of the boxes in your firm right now, but take some responsibility for yourself, your own mental well-being, and communicate your needs so that you have the means to stay there and be looked after, but encourage others to talk as well. It's okay to be a little bit under the weather. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to stagnate, to be in a lull, to be in a rut. It's natural. What's not natural is not having an outlet to talk about about that. So think about your own self-care. Think about the care of others. A lot I'm throwing at you, I admit here, but it is all part of your employer brand because if you can get this right, the culture of the firm is boosted. Engagement is higher. You're a more attractive proposition to talent outside and you're a bigger reason for talent to stay. Get engaged with me or Rob Brown on LinkedIn. I'd love to um, share with you an interesting proposition we've got here at Accounting Influencers to help you tell the success stories of how you're getting it right at your firm. Our Accounting Influencers Media gives you the uh, means by which to interview your people. And, and I do that. I come in and I talk to your people about why your place is a great place to work and how that plays out and how you look after your employees and create these real people telling real stories of real life accounting firm policies, procedures, workplace initiatives to say, you'll get places to wait, you should come here. Talk to us about that, but have a good day. Make a difference. Move the dial a little bit with yourself and your employee brand by promoting well-being in your workplace. You will have a massive competitive edge over many of your rival firms that are not quite getting a handle on this. Or if they are, they're not doing it as quick as you. Go and have a blessed day. Go and make a difference. Take care.